All right, before we get going too far into the podcast here, have we checked the sign, Kurt? Is it level? I'm pretty sure it's level, yeah. Okay, because we got a lot of complaints on the Mark Alford interview (laughs) that the sign was not level. Well, you know, you can't have everything. And the camera is at an angle, so it's not going to be perfectly level. Okay, fine. We're doing our best here. So, Rick Rainey, if you're listening down in South Carolina, you know, your voice was heard. And we're working on it. Yes. Okay. So Joe Biden's America goes from bad to worse. Big shock there. Uh, We're talking about the things you care about. So make sure you subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. With 266 days until the midterm election, this is Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. Well, some news first. Um, It is Valentine's Day. It's your first Valentine's Day as a married guy. Were you given the speech of, of what she was expecting? Did you try and find out what she was expecting? No, not at all. We're, uh, wait, am I supposed to do something? It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's a joke. How long do you want to be married? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we're going out to dinner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Jennifer told me this was card only, and I confirmed that with some women, that if they say card only, it's not code for I want a diamond ring. Card only? Card only. So she just wants a card. Just a Valentine's Day card with some thoughts expressed no, on no it. No rose, no chocolates. Nope. No rose, no chocolates. Wow. We, we went out to dinner Friday night. You before, got it easy, man. Before the big Lee Bryce concert. So we did that. We checked that off. Uh-huh. And yesterday, you know, the Super Bowl was on, which we're going to get to here in a little bit. Had zero interest in the Super Bowl. So we binge watched something on TV. Oh, well, there you go. So there you go. Happy Valentine's Day uh, to all of the uh, lovers out there from all of us at Dale Carter's America. And aren't you glad that you're not in the Ukraine? The Ukraine now looking at 130,000 Russian soldiers on three sides. They plussed it up. It was 100,000. The Russians have added 30,000. And the Ukrainians want to know what they're up to. Now, I'm not a military expert. I'm not a general. Wasn't even in the military. But I think if you park 130,000 soldiers on somebody's border, there's a reason behind it. Yeah, it's a sign of aggression for sure. Yeah. So we'll follow that and our thoughts and prayers with the, the Ukrainian people as they're looking down the barrel of Russian guns. We've talked a lot about uh, trans rights, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Transgender, you know, uh-huh. especially with that that big guy who's swimming on the women's team at Penn. Yep. Yeah, you know, I keep seeing pictures of him and it's like, wow. Broad shoulders. Not even close, <laughs> yeah. right? So uh, Kentucky has now joined South Dakota and uh, they have a bill moving forward that would ban transgender athletes from girls sports. The bill would also require all school sports to be designated as girls, boys, or co-ed. Athletes assigned as males at birth wouldn't be allowed to play on girls' teams. Oh, well, that's a step in the right direction. That seems fairly reasonable. Yep. Uh, They do allow for transgender athletes to undergo sex reassignment surgery in order to compete on teams aligned with their identity. That makes a lot of sense. So... It's kind of, so it's kind of halfway there then if they get if they actually get go through with the full surgery how then many teenagers can... are going to go through that uh, I don't know okay don't know. if they do and I'm okay with that if if the parts are the girl parts and you're moving forward but but you know if you're a broad shouldered right, guy but... or whatever with a huge Adam's apple and you've got the other equipment right how can you possibly just because you say so compete on the women's team right 
Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, biologically speaking, there's more to uh, the the male and female difference than just genitals. I mean, there's there's uh, the the size of your Hormones. bone structure. There's uh, you know the the size of your muscles, yeah. uh, height. You know, all all of those kinds of things. So. It's a sticky issue that's going to continue to be defined, but now South Dakota and Kentucky, because we are a, a federal system, and so our states make these changes, right. and you know we see how it's going to work out. It right. shouldn't be the federal government uh, clamping down on us. Um, Article 5, speaking of that, is, is getting closer. We talked about that early on yep. in the course of the podcast. Nebraska has now joined in on that. So we're over halfway there to get a constitutional convention. How many states are we at now? It takes 34 states. Nebraska is the 17th state. Oh, okay. So we're getting closer For every some reason, day. I thought there was more than that. I mm-hmm. guess maybe there's uh, there's states that are working on it or something. But, well, uh, and they need to. I mean, yeah. because uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to get something done. Amendments to the Constitution, uh, 27 have been added since the Constitution was adopted. All of those came through Congress. Right. This is the first one. Uh, that uses the Article 5 power of the Constitution. And if we don't get something done on this, I don't know that's going to make a dime's worth of difference. I keep counting down 266 days until the midterm election, um, hoping that that's going to make a difference. But as we've talked about on this podcast, Republicans are driving toward the cliff at the speed limit, whereas Democrats will want to get there at warp factor 7. Right. Right? Uh, The destination is the same. And until, you know, the states rise up and say, Federal overreach has gotten too far. Yep. What's what's the number? When is it too far? We just cruised past thirty trillion dollars in debt. Yep. I think. Yeah. I mean, an ideal solution looks something like the the states having a lot more power than they than they do currently. Um, and you know, I mean, states get, have already been subverting federal law on immigration, for example. So right. you know, if if they can get away with that, then why can't they get away with it with other things? You know, you're going to have. Uh, vaccine mandate sanctuary states, which you already kind of have, like with Florida and and other states where they're refusing to implement the mandates. You might see Second Amendment uh, sanctuary states at some point, you know, uh, states that refuse to enforce any federal gun laws. We've had local uh, police departments and sheriffs that have made that move. So we'll see. Well, at my core, and you know this, I believe that politics, government is best practice closest to the problem. Right. And closest to the problem, unless you're in Maryland or Virginia, is not Washington, D.C. Right. (laughs) Right? Closest to the problem for us would be Kansas City. And we've got our own issues here in Kansas City. By the way, I don't know if the camera pans down enough to to see that I'm wearing, like, (laughs) socks and no shoes. Because, you know, I'm a klutz. And Uh I've known that for a long time. And we have um, this baby gate up where we segregate our dogs because they're 15 now and they've forgotten that they're potty trained. We don't want them to get anywhere near carpet. Really? So we have this baby gate up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, rather than slide it across, I always just, you know, put a leg over it. I've stubbed my toes. I don't know how many times on it. I must have smacked it really hard because my little toe is like purple and and aimed the wrong way. I'm pretty sure it's broken. So, um it hurts, and it's going to take four to six weeks to heal on its own. Well, so at least keep the socks on, please. I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, I have really ugly feet, yeah. and I know I have ugly feet. Um, so is the White House on the crack pipe? That's next on the news segment. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about this. Uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn is uh, looking – she's a Tennessee Republican looking for an investigation into this. Why are we sending crack pipes to addicts? 
Yeah, so this this story really kind of developed a lot over the last week, and it's good that we're getting to it now as it's kind of settling down, I guess. The initial story came from the Washington Free Beacon, where they reported that the Biden administration was going to be sending crack pipes out to drug addicts, specifically from, quote-unquote, underserved communities, minorities and things like that, uh, based on this grant program that they were funding. And then... The press secretary and the entire uh, federal establishment came out and said, no, there's no crack pipes. This is fake news. There's no crack pipes. Well, if you really look into it, uh, according to the the Free Beacon story, they had actually gotten approval from somebody at HHS that was saying, yes, there are crack pipes in these. Because it was part of one of the things in the grant was, quote, uh, safe smoking kits. And if you look up pre this story, if you look up what's in a safe smoking kit and includes syringes and, or not that syringes was a separate thing, but it includes, includes pipes for, for smoking, um, crack and methamphetamine. And they had somebody from HHS who had actually confirmed to the Washington free beacon that pipes were going to be included in the kit. So I believe what happened is that they were going to be sending crack pipes out to people. They saw the backlash from the story and now they're trying to cover their tracks and they're trying to come out and say that it was never part of it, which is BS because, I mean, uh, Jen Psaki came out. I think it was her. She said, no, it's not crack pipes. It's uh, it's like lip balm and <laughs> and like stuff like that. It's like, well, that's not exactly a safe smoking kit. I mean, how can you have a, a smoking kit without a smoking device, huh. you know? All right. So I think, I think that was a total CYA on the part of the uh, the administration, they knew that it was a bad look, and so they're trying to to uh, cover their tracks. But the fact is, if the story wasn't brought to attention, they were going to be sending out crack pipes to to drug addicts. Well, that's the uh, media doing its job, right? Yeah, exactly. Covering for the for tr- the uh, institution. Truth to power. Yep. I mean, that's what the media is supposed to do. Whether it's Republicans or Democrats running the show, right? You know, um, bright light is the best disinfectant, right? And that that's a good example of of one media organization really making a difference because after that story came out from the Washington Free Beacon, you had every other media outlet uh, coming and trying to to play defense for the administration, but it was too late. I mean, the, the story had already broke and the, all the memes were coming out and, and everyone had seen the truth. So, you know, it's too late. They couldn't really do anything about it. But you you also see the other side of it where you have this giant monolith of, of the uh, – the corrupt media, you know, playing cover for the the libs. All right. A uh, couple of cop stories that tie together and an event for cops that we're going to have here in the Kansas City area that I want to mention here. First of all, in Minnesota, you heard the story uh, that Amir Locke was shot and killed during a no-knock raid on an apartment. Now, I don't know all the details on that. Uh, I don't know if he pulled a gun on the cops when they went in on the no-knock warrant. Have you seen the video? I haven't. So they are knocking on the door. They have a key to the to the uh, apartment. They were s- serving a warrant to go after a murderer. They were looking for somebody wanted for murder, which was not this guy, Amir, but it was the, sus- the suspected murderer's apartment. And they walk in, they're yelling, police, you know, get down on the ground, hands up in the air, the whole deal. About eight, nine seconds go by, and he's on the couch under a blanket, and he pulls the blanket off and he has a gun in his hand and they shoot him. Police search for it! Police search for it! 
Okay, so if you pull a gun on cops who've identified themselves, you are probably going to lose you your life. You will be shot, yeah. yes. But his parents now calling for every state to ban no-knock warrants, which are issued by judges. Cops don't just make this up on their own. Right. They have to go to a judge, have to have probable cause on how a no-knock warrant is safer than a knocking warrant. Right. Um, and, and the other side of that coin, that's Minnesota. Did you hear what happened out in Phoenix? Almost the same day. It was like the, the, the very next day, five officers and one woman injured after a man opened fire and barricaded himself inside a Phoenix home. Those calls, there is no such thing, and we've talked about this on the podcast, as a, a basic domestic call, right? okay, an everyday run-of-the-mill domestic call. When those cops go in there, they have no idea what they're going to face. Exactly. And they need to make split-second decisions, and in this case in Phoenix, Five were wounded. Another woman. There was there was a baby involved who was in a baby carrier. I mean, these are ugly situations, and very quickly they can go wrong. Absolutely, and I mean, I think it makes a case for the the no knock warrant in in certain circumstances. I mean, it, it obviously depends on the the specific case and everything. But you know, in that case, you're dealing with a suspected murderer. They have enough evidence to go off of in order to get the warrant to go after this exactly. guy. I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to go knock on the door and announce that you're the cops before you go in? You have somebody that likely murdered someone inside and is probably armed or very likely armed. Do you want to really announce your presence and give that person time to prepare and, and you know, then what? You're going to go in and the guy's going to have a shotgun on the other side of the door. So uh, there is a place for that. You know, it, again, it just depends on the circumstance, but it also brings up the question, this guy, Amir, he was at this other guy's house, the suspected murderer. What was he doing there in the first place? You know, right. why did he have a gun? And why did he pull it on the cops? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you've got a gun under a blanket or something, you go, hey, hey, I got a gun here. Right. I'm, I'm just going to move it out of the way very right. slowly. It's almost like, you know, we talk about when you get pulled over by the cops. Have you been pulled over by the cops? Uh-huh. I have many, many times. Yeah. Um, hands at 10 and 2. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yep. And I've never been shot. Yep. Yep. And, uh. Yeah, it's like he was he was sleeping like with a gun in his hand, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. what kind of situations yeah. so what's going on are here? you putting yourself in? That, well, that, cops that put themselves in danger required. every time that they go out, and we know that. And Daryl Smith at Hero Fund USA has been a guest on this podcast, um, and he's a close personal friend, and, and we at KFKF are behind uh, the mission of Hero Fund. It's, it's dual in, in nature. They fund things that departments can't pay for, like um, extra gear, um, body armor, um, drones, mm -hmm. so that firefighters in particular can see a fire from up high or a police situation so they can see from up high what they're going to be dealing with. Um, and then the other thing is when there's a death or uh, a serious injury in the line of duty, they're there with money for the family, no strings attached on getting through it. Well, they do several events, and their website, if you want to get ahead of this, is uh, HeroFundUSA.org, HeroFundUSA.org. They're having their second annual Mike Mosier Memorial Marksmanship Tournament. In fact, we had Daryl on talking about the first one last year. It's coming up on Thursday, March 24th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you are a competitive shooter, you want to enter the deal, it's 50 bucks for an individual or 100 bucks for a uh, three-person team. And again, the uh, website is HeroFundUSA.org. They do amazing work. They uh, bill themselves as the first responders, first responder. Right. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's very catchy. Where is it at? 
That's a great question. Oh, it doesn't uh, say. Frontier Justice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and they Frontier Justice has been with us on the podcast before both of their locations, Lee Summit and KCK, uh, for the Mike Mosier Memorial Marksmanship Tournament coming up on March 24th. So I was, uh, speaking of that, uh, me and the wife were actually at Frontier Justice on Saturday. We did our uh, concealed carry class. Yeah. And uh, just to go back to what you were talking about before, you know, how to, how to um, interact with officers. One thing that when you're going for a concealed carry permit that you come across is what to do if you're pulled over and you have a gun in the car. Yeah. And, and that's something that they teach you like right away. You know, it's a, if, if they ask you to get out of the car, it's hands up, you know, listen, uh, listen, officer, I have a, I have a permit, you know, I have a, a concealed firearm on my hip and you, you comply, you know? So it just, uh, I, I think that needs to be taught to more people and they won't get shot. <laughs> Getting shot is not good, right? No, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Comply and you won't die. Yeah. Absolutely. That's another, you know, some people are into rhymes. So if that helps you remember it a little better, <laughs> comply and Put it you to a song. won't die. Okay. So um, the COVID update for today, and, and I think we're going to get to a point where we're not going to have a COVID update in every one of these podcasts. Uh, blue states continue to end mass mandates over Joey B's objections. The White House is clinging to. The CDC, the science. We can't, we can't end these mask mandates because of the CDC. Now, everyone out there, and I think you probably know this. We probably talked about this before. The CDC are doctors, right? But the bureaucracy of the CDC is an extension of the executive branch of the federal government. Right. These are politicians who have been appointed by Joe Biden. Right. So they're his people down there at the CDC. Right. So what what these Democrat governors are seeing in the blue states, and they were like dominoes last week. They just all fell. It's like because, you know, Republican states didn't have mass mandates. Mm-hmm. So it's all Democrat states. Um, and they looked at the polls. Seventy percent of Americans are like, we're done with this. Right. We are not going to do this anymore. So Joey B is going to be the last guy with Jen Psaki as his mouthpiece trying to get people to keep masks on. Yeah. I mean, I think you make. A great point which is what it's all about it's just political expediency and the cdc itself i mean has has been doing that they've now come out and said that cloth masks essentially do nothing um that they're you know and the and the uh medical expert on cnn i forget her name she came out and said the same thing which again we've known this whole time i mean right. the research has been available the data has been available but now you know the cdc is going to come out and say that and these democrat states are going to start saying that you're totally right. It's like Dr. Fauci, right? He is a doctor, but for before he's a doctor, he's a politician. He is primarily a politician and he's a doctor second or third or fourth or whatever. Um, so these people are not to be taken seriously as objective um, arbiters of the science because you can see just by the way that they're manipulating information that they have a political agenda that serves their interests first before the actual facts. And then the fact that the mandates when they could get them were aimed at schools and school children yep. and a, a segment of the population that, you know, even if they got COVID, it would be out pretty quick. You know, the, the death rate among kids with COVID uh, I think is like 16th or 17th on the list of things that kids die from. I mean, it's way down the list, right. but that's what the government could do. Kansas city, Missouri has a mask mandate. Several of our school districts here have a mask mandate. We don't have it in Blue Springs. Okay, some school districts don't have it. Is there data on whether this school district's doing better than that school district? Well, the data has been studied. I mean, for 
we've been in this for two years yeah. now. So, and, yeah. and there really doesn't seem to be a difference in cases or, or hospitalizations or anything. I mean, with kids, again, going back to what we've said earlier, among healthy children, there are, as far as I know, zero deaths right. from COVID. So, um, this is all, it's, it's all just child abuse. I'll keep saying that over and over again. My opinion, this is child abuse. Well, Thursday is when the mask mandate ends in Kansas City, Missouri. Now, I was wondering, I think I speculated on a, on a previous podcast, who would be the last to give up this whole COVID thing? Would it be Joey B or would it be the Pharaoh Quentin Lucas? <laughs> and apparently it's going to be Joey B because the Pharaoh, I heard him on Pete Mundo's show, okay? Yeah. He goes on Mundo's show on KCMO like once a week, mm-hmm. right? And I couldn't believe it. He actually said on the show, I'm not a mandate guy. I just, I think, really? you know, live and let live. You know, I'm not a mandate guy. I don't want to tell people what to do. Are you kidding me? He is a politician through and through, man. Oh, I my mean, he's, gosh. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he's, he's just trying to uh, appease whatever crowd he's, he's in front of, I guess. But that's, a, that's uh, crazy. Well, I think that, you know, the Washington Post would give him four Pinocchios on that. That's yeah. their deal. I mean, his nose was growing as he was saying that because you can go back to tape. Don't they realize that there's tape yeah. <laughs> where you've said this before and now you're saying this now? Yeah. Snopes rated this claim mostly false. Yeah. That's where we get into <laughs> hypocrisy. And it's like, if you are a mandate guy, just own it. Yeah. And he was a mandate guy. Yeah. Well, he, he, is still, a he still is a mandate guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a mandate guy. Uh, so uh, that looks like it's going to wrap up on Thursday. So, but that, not in the schools, though, right? That's yeah, gonna in the continue. schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh, okay. that's the only place they have a mandate. Right, now, right, right. Okay, okay. Or probably city buildings too. Right. You know, uh, the Kaufman Center. Right. Which, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. They, yeah. they have a mask mandate. You have to be vaccinated you to go to, to the show. Vaccinated, yeah. And you have to wear a mask. That's correct. Yep. So which one so doesn't the, work? The vaccine totally works. That's why you have to wear a mask that also doesn't work. <laughs> or maybe they both don't work. I mean, yeah. which of these is not like the other? I'm not quite sure. Uh, continuing our COVID update, the Freedom Convoy in Canada, uh, what peaceful protests look like. Um, they started arresting some of the uh, truck drivers. 30 were arrested. That bridge between Michigan and Canada is open again. And the first question I had was, um, will Kamala Harris uh, put up the bail money for these truck drivers? Yeah, or will she visit the border? She's in charge of the the border. That's the other thing. Well, I think Europe was next on her bucket list. She right. was going to go to Europe <laughs> and then the southern border, and right. then maybe she'll go up to the the, the northern border. Yeah. Um, and GoFundMe, uh, there was a lot of money raised on GoFundMe for these freedom truckers. Yep. And apparently GoFundMe is very political as well. Were you aware of that? Yep. Uh, I don't know what the update on this. Maybe you have an update, but last I heard, they were not handing out the money. They people raised over eight million dollars or something like that. Ten for, million. Ten million for the truckers, and then GoFundMe is uh, not delivering the money, or they're they're re. Uh, directing the funds to some leftist charities or something like that. Well, now, you know, lawmakers, Republican lawmakers want to look into GoFundMe's practices, including Governor DeSantis in Florida and the Texas Attorney General as well. And you need to think about this because I see this all the time on Facebook. It's like, you know, this person's in trouble. They've set up a GoFundMe or whatever. You really need to read the fine print on the people that you're giving money to because one of the things that they don't advertise, GoFundMe takes a huge chunk out of whatever you donate. Yeah. Mo- I mean, most of those uh, those sites do, whether it's Kickstarter, GoFundMe, all those, uh, they take a chunk. So, But yeah, I mean, if you're starting a fundraiser for uh, yourself, a project or for a charitable cause or anything like that, make sure that you go through and 
and look at your options and see which one takes the, the highest cut. I mean, obviously they're all going to take some sort of cut, but um, there, I think there's some difference there. So you want to find which one is best. And what a slippery slope that is when you're giving money that the organization is going to look at your political lean. Yep. It's like, that's a right wing cause. I mean, we're not going to do that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's infecting everything. I mean, we have people, uh, that have been on the right, you know, that have been banned from banks, uh, and payment processors. We have people that have been banned from flying on airplanes. We have people that have been banned from Airbnb. We have people that have been, uh, banned from all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's getting to the point where it's, it's beyond just, you know, getting kicked off of Twitter or something like yeah. that. There are actual real world consequences. Well, down in New Zealand, down under, you know, they've been very strict on COVID. So is Australia. But in New Zealand, there was a, a protest there at like one of their government buildings or whatever, and they wanted to disperse the crowd. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. So they put up some big speakers and they were blaring Barry Manilow music. <laughs> What? <laughs> and that apparently dispersed the crowd. They were like, oh, no. <laughs> Not it. Barry Manilow. It's almost like that movie Mars Attacks. Did you ever see that movie? I didn't. That is a great movie. I, I totally recommend it. Jack Nicholson's in it. Glenn okay. Close. Jack Nicholson plays several different parts, right? Okay. And, and uh, to give it all away, but it's been out for 100 years. I mean, the Martians come to Earth to attack, right. uh, and they can't figure out how to get rid of the Martians, and they finally figure it out that Slim Whitman music makes their heads explode. <laughs> and so they're broadcasting Slim Whitman music everywhere, and you're seeing these nice. little Martians' heads explode. Is this a comedy or like a serious movie? Kind of. No, it's not serious yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but it's I, I recommend it. It's funny. Yeah, I do like sci-fi, and I do that does sound funny. So If you can handle funny sci-fi, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's sure. a music. Mars Attacks. For sure, yeah. Don't take it seriously at all. Okay. All right? And, I wasn't and planning on it. <laughs> okay. I did also, speaking of sci-fi, I saw another movie over the weekend, Moonfall. Have you seen that? That's uh -uh. the new one out. Uh -uh. Um, it costs like $130 million to make it, and nobody's going to the movies. Oh, wow. I took my stepson to it because he's into sci-fi and all that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were the only two people in the movie theater. Wow. I saw a trailer for that. It looked, you know, It's decent. an interesting movie, an interesting yeah. concept, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not your basic uh, asteroid falling on the Earth, and they got to figure out how to blow it up. It's, right. There's a lot more thought. Sorry. There's a lot more thought. Well, speaking that, of that uh, sci-fi movies not to take seriously, have you seen Armageddon? Yes. That, that was so great. We <laughs> talked about that before, but I, I just remembered after I said that that we already talked about it. That's how great it is. It's worth talking about again. Okay, we move on from uh, COVID, but not really because we're still going to talk about Joey B. Um, his poll numbers slipping. He's below 40% now. It's just a, a steady, steady drop. And uh, he was on the Super Bowl. That's a tradition that was started. I think Barack Obama may have started that tradition during the Super Bowl of being with a news anchor from the network that was carrying the Super Bowl. Uh, and it was Lester Holt's turn because NBC had the Super Bowl. And Joey B's got to think that Lester Holt's one of his guys, right? I guess. I mean, they're kind of all his guys at the NBC, end of the day. NBC, it's got to be a puff piece right. and all that. Right. And um, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Yeah. Let's lay in this clip here. It's about 30 seconds in length, and it's um, Lester Holt asking the question that's on everyone's mind in America. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit, uh, and I understand that's your job. But look, uh, at the time, what happened was the uh, – let's look at the reasons for the inflation. The reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, meaning that the products, for example, automobiles, uh, 
the lack of computer chips to be able to build those automobiles so they could function, they need those computer chips. They were not available. So what happens? We, the number of cars were reduced, the new cars reduced. It made up at one point one-third the cost of inflation because the price of automobiles were up. So what I did when I went out and made sure we started to make those domestically, we got Intel to come in and provide $20 billion to build a new facility. A number of organizations are doing the same kinds of things. When can Americans expect some relief? from this soaring inflation? According to Nobel laureates, 14 of them that contacted me and a number of corporate leaders, it's ought to be able to start to taper off as we go through this year. In the meantime, I'm going to do everything in my power to deal with the big points that are, that are impacting most people in their homes. Okay, so here's my first question. 14 Nobel laureates, that number has varied. It's been 17 on the high end, 14 on the low end. Have you ever met a Nobel laureate? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what that means. So. They, they <laughs> seem to have the inside number at the Oval Office because that's what he always goes to, all the Nobel laureates who say that yeah. he's doing a great job. Well, Joe Biden is really smart, so he knows all of the smartest people in America. And he referred to Lester Holt as a wise guy. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he a wise guy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping for another word because now wise guy is in the drop file at KFKF to be used forever. <laughs> right alongside, you know, the Hall of Fame ones like Corn Pop was a bad dude. Yeah, dog face pony soldier. Oh, my gosh. Dog face pony soldiers right up there. I just wish he had said, you're being a Weisenheimer. <laughs> I think Weisenheimer would have been better. Weisenheimer. <laughs> Let's see if we can get him to say Weisenheimer. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. yeah. I think that would be great, you know, uh, for, for some journalists or, or people who are actually going to ask him real questions just to try and coax him into, you know, saying one of these great quips that we can just clip and, and use forever. It is so sad. And we've got three more years of this. And does anyone think he's doing a good job? He keeps saying he's going to run in 24. I just heard that uh, Amy Klobuchar, who finished third on mm -hmm. the Democratic side in the last one, uh, she's already up in New Hampshire. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the Democrats, they smell blood in the water. And, oh, yeah. you know, they're talking about Hillary Clinton running her again. Right, right. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Could you imagine if it was Hillary and Trump again? <sighs> well, we'd have a lot more fodder. This podcast that, would continue for sure. That seems like, at this point, <laughs> that seems like what we deserve as a country is another Hillary Clinton, oh, Donald Trump gosh. election. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, 2024 is a long way <laughs> off. Um, he's still out there pushing build back better as we've gone through $30 trillion on the, on the debt side now with money that would just be added to uh, the debt. Uh, Democrats are asking him to stop mm -hmm. and, and he's not, he's just out there saying this is better. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's his baby. So, you know, you see a lot of presidents, they are all about their legacy, right? They want, they want to have a bill that they can call their legacy that they can call theirs. I mean, that was obviously in Obama's case was Obamacare. Right. Um, and so I think this is sort of Biden's Obamacare in that sense, at least for the first year, you know, maybe he'll give up on it and come up with something else, but he really wants it to, uh, to be his legacy of, you know, I pass bill to, yeah, he's not going to get it. So I don't right. know why he's wasting his time, but he's losing Democrats every day. Um, the guy out of New Mexico who had a stroke, I mean, he made a statement today and he said, I, I hope I'm back in a month. So right now, technically the Republicans have the majority in the Senate, so they can't get anything done right right now. Right. And they're not going to get this done. And, and I wonder just watching him, it, it's, you know, we make fun of it. We poke fun all the time, but it's getting to the point where it's sad as well Yeah, uh, because he's declining rapidly. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, and you got to wonder if that cabinet's going to get together at some point and say, we've got to invoke the 25th Amendment. I think that's very possible. And and that kind of goes to what we were talking about before with uh, potentially Kamala Harris going to the Supreme Court or, or them bringing Buttigieg in or uh, positioning somebody else. You know, I think you're seeing a lot of positioning right now in the administration, in the Democrat Party in general. And I think they're likely positioning themselves for that at least being an option so that if he right. steps out, they have someone to, to replace him. Well, we just came out of the Super Bowl where you can bet on everything. I wonder what the over-under is on Joe Biden completing his term. Yeah, I don't know. I, I might take the under on that. I'm just, you know. Just I made $25 on the Super Bowl. Did you really? Yeah, five bucks on the on the coin toss and 20 on the outcome. Wow, so you bet on everything. I'm a so, big Rams fan now. <laughs> oh, boy. So you probably took the Bengals and the points, right? No, I just bet on the outcome. Oh, you just bet on the outcome. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think that the Rams covered. The Rams won by three, and I thought the line was um, Bengals plus four. Oh, okay. Or Bengals minus four. Yeah, no. I'm never I, sure how all that works. I'm not that into it. I but just, the Bengals were the underdog. I had a friend over, and we just said, 20 bucks? Yep, 20 bucks. Yeah, okay, fine. Was that a legal bet? We shook on it. You so. haven't outed yourself here as committing a crime, have you? No. All right. I'll tell you what, it's criminal, and that's our inflation rate. Everything is up. It's outpacing wage increases. There's real pain at home. Um, gas prices are high. Um, food prices are high. I mean, I could just go on and on. I got pages and pages of this. Um, it's tough right now in America. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really noticed that at the pump the other day. I mean, gas prices are still going up, as we mentioned before. And uh, it's tough, you know, it's tough for the the middle class, especially because it seems like we're the ones kind of getting screwed. I mean, the, the rich can afford it. They can afford inflation. They have their money, you know, uh, invested or overseas or whatever. And, and the poor are being taken care of by the government. So it's the people in the middle right. that are really seeing their bottom line uh, affected the most, I think. You know, one of the things I heard, um, which is very true, if you think about it, the last time that we went through inflation like this, which was 1982, right? Um, the difference there was interest rates were so high that if you were somebody who didn't have a lot of debt and you had some cash on the side, you were probably making 8% on right. your savings. Right. Right now interest rates are effectively zero. Right. So it's like they by doing that they are incentivizing people to go in and gamble on the stock market. Right. So uh, I if you've got money on the side and not a lot of debt, I think what you're looking at the Fed for is to raise interest rates, which they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking with a couple friends about that this weekend too about just planning for for the future financially i mean it's it's not it's no longer enough to just have your money in a savings or a cd or or even um a 401k or something like that it's just it's good but it's just not enough because your money is uh is rotting with the uh the rate of inflation the way that it is you're actually losing money if you just keep your money in in a a low growth account you know we've seen bad times before and america has always rebounded from it so Long term, I'm still very bullish on our country and our economy. We're going to go through some short-term pain, though. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So every 10 years in this country, we we go through a census. You're aware of that, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's redistricting within the states. The term is called gerrymandering Mm -hmm. because in Democrat states like New York and California, those legislatures are trying to redraw the map to get more Democrats in Congress. In Republican states like Kansas and Missouri, it's just the opposite. They're trying to redraw the map 
in order to get more Republicans in Congress. It's called gerrymandering. Do you know why it's called gerrymandering? I was just going to ask you that. This is your history lesson for today, kiddies. All right, all right. Take some notes. (laughs) The term gerrymandering is named after the American politician Elbridge Gerry, G-E-R-R-Y. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Okay. He was vice president of the United States at the time of his death. He was governor of Massachusetts in 1812. This goes all the way back to 1812. Mm -hmm. And he signed a bill that created a partisan district in the Boston area that was compared to the shape of a mythological salamander. (laughs) So gerrymandering. When you hear him talk about gerrymandering, that's the worst case of gerrymandering I've ever seen. Yeah. Now you know Eldridge Berry meets a salamander in 1812, and that's where the term comes from. Yeah, he was one of the uh, sort of unsung heroes of the Continental Congress too. There's a great book by Senator Mike Lee. And I forget what it's called, but it, it's about all of these figures in the in the uh, founding period, like the lesser known figures of the founding period. He has, yeah. a, he has a chapter on each one of them and Elbridge Jerry is one of them. Well, so closer to home, and we had um, Mark Alford on talking about this and he said that he really didn't care how it turned out, whether it was going to be 6-2 Republican or 7-1 Republican in Missouri. Um, when you hear them wringing their hands, depending on which side of the aisle you're on, Republicans are just aghast that New York would do this or California would do this. And Democrats are aghast right. that, you know, this would happen in Missouri and Kansas. I don't know that it makes a dime's worth of difference in the end. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, how much are they really getting out of it? How much min- manipulation is actually being used? Who knows? I mean, if it's within the legal process, then... Then it's fine. I don't see well, a Well, within the legal with process, you've got state legislatures who – this is why every election matters. Right. School board elections matter because yep. you don't want your kids going to school and having to wear a mask. Right. Okay? State legislatures matter because of things like this. The federal government obviously matters for other reasons. Well, um, in Missouri, I'm not sure where it stands right now. Um, the uh, state Senate was was holding the line on 7-1, which would effectively eliminate – a, a Democrat-friendly district in Kansas City. Um, we'll see where that goes. And on the Kansas side, their legislature, both bodies, overrode Governor Kelly's veto to split Wyandotte County because in Kansas you've got a Democrat governor, but both houses are Republican supermajorities, obviously, because they overrode the veto. Right. Uh, New York and California gerrymandering for Democrats in their states. Will it matter in the midterm? I don't think so. I still see a red tsunami coming. Um, I just hope it matters. Yeah. I mean, you, you could see it maybe changing a seat or two at some point, but, uh, you know, if the trend continues and, and what you predict comes true, I don't think it's going to make a difference. It's going to be Republican either way. Yeah. So um, I wanted to leave this segment with this. Um, Joy Reid, who's on MSNBC, and I hate quoting her, but but I'm going to because Part of me wonders if she throws these things out trying to get attention so that maybe their audience at MSNBC will go from two to three, right? Yeah. Um, Does she really believe this? And if she does, it saddens me. I I really hope that my friends of color, and I have many, uh, don't subscribe to what Joy Reid says. Um, She went on a Twitter rant on Tuesday basically bashing the Supreme Court um, and saying – Quote, I'm quoting her here, America, we have a new Plessy court, and it will rule 6-3 and 5-4 for radical Christian right, mega corporations, and the super rich, 
until we are essentially fascist white minority rule 1980s South Africa with a Taliban twist for women and the LGBTQ. Godspeed. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, man. That's Do fantastic. my friends of color believe this? Do they subscribe to this at all? I mean, you know about Plessy versus Ferguson. That was the Supreme Court case that said separate but equal that basically put Jim Crow, essentially put it in concrete. It legalized the fact that you would have black-only drinking fountains and you couldn't sit at this lunch counter mm -hmm. and you had to ride in the back of the bus, which Joe Biden thinks that the tightening the election laws in Georgia uh, makes that look like what Jim Eagle yeah. <laughs> and that's that's another from the Joey B yeah, Hall of Fame that I still don't know classic. what it means. Yeah. Okay, so she goes on, she put a video clip with it. And by enshrining that separate but equal doctrine for the next six decades, that notorious court gave legal cover for segregation and Jim Crow, clearing the way for a continued assault on the rights of black Americans that would last until a modern court overturned it in Brown versus the Board of Education. Now, the activists on the current court are showing that precedent doesn't much matter to them. They're declaring open season on the voting rights of Americans of color, escalating the war on the Voting Rights Act of 1965 in a bid, it seems, to become the new Plessy Court. That's her new name for the Supreme Court. It's the Plessy Court. She is just unhinged, man. Good God. <laughs> and she's on MSNBC every yeah. day throwing out these firebombs. And, you know, we ask for feedback sometimes on this. And you really, you're, you're open to feedback. I know we've got a new email address. What's the new email address? Uh, yeah, we do have an email address. It's dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were sending it to my uh, personal or my, my station email, but yep. now we've got dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. That's right. Yep. dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. And then just to reiterate... We're now on YouTube and Rumble, which is probably where you're watching this, one of those two places. Yeah. And we're still on Facebook and Twitter at Dale Carter's America. Okay. And uh, when my toe heals, I'm going to put shoes back on. This will not be the, this will not be the normal look. <laughs> you had to hold it up again. I had to hold you? it up again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got a sock on it. You're not yeah, seeing the ugliness. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we're <laughs> going to get a level to make sure our sign is deal there. Uh, but I want to hear from people. And people of color who watch this podcast or listen to this podcast – do you think that's where we are? Do you feel like you don't have the right to vote? Do you feel like we're going back to separate but equal in this country? Do you believe that it's going to be like South Africa in the 1980s with a Taliban twist for women and LGBTQ? Do you really believe that? Well, too many do. I mean, too many do. I think hopefully enough people are, are reasonable that they, they see through that, but too many do. And it, it only takes a vocal minority of crazy people to really yeah. uh, influence, you know, the country. And it's like if they don't get their way, they're going to stomp their feet. And it's like, okay, so because of politics that happened in the Senate and the White House, um, Donald Trump got three Supreme Court picks. Right. And uh, Obama didn't get that last one with Merrick Garland. Okay, uh, Biden's going to get one because of a retirement and all that. Because it's 6-3 right now, and really 5-4 because Roberts tends to swing – um, because it's that, their response to that and their solution to that was we have to immediately put four more justices on the Supreme Court. Right. We don't like the game, so we're going to change all the rules. Well, we've talked about this before too, but the, the ends justify the means. And, and the reason that the left is winning is because winning is their goal. The conservatives and Republicans, they don't 
they're not playing to win. They're playing to play by the rules. They're playing to um, uphold a, a set of ideals or something like that, which is admirable in some ways, but you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, they're playing to win and they are winning in a lot of ways. And this is why, because they're going to call you whatever name in the book that they need to, in order to get the people on their side, they're going to use whatever institution they can to, uh, win the day. And that's what's happening. Well, and racism is always going to be play number one in their playbook. That's what they go to every time. And that's uh, how we'll end today's, uh, Dale Carter's America with your tax dollars at work. National Public Radio, NPR, which is supported in part by tax dollars. I pay taxes. Kurt pays taxes. You folks who are watching and listening, you pay taxes. So I think we get some input into this. They did a study on which emoticons that you use on Facebook and what that says about you. Yes, the uh, the inherent white supremacy of the, of the yellow thumb emoji or something like yeah. that. <laughs> well, you know... When Facebook came out, I remember we thought it was a joke, right? We had a college intern on the morning show, Mary McKenna, my partner. We set up these outrageous profiles. Mm -hmm. And I think I've gotten all that stuff out of there because Facebook became a thing. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that's how a lot of listeners communicate. And so it needed to be, you know, a little more legitimate than uh, some of the funny stuff that we tried to say on there. But, you know, the the yellow stuff, like the thumbs and all that and the faces – that's kind of like the default setting, right? Right. Doesn't say anything about me from a racial point of view, right? Well, it's it's all, I mean, it's all a joke. But and, now you can get every color of the rainbow, right? Well, you can't get a rainbow, which in my opinion is is homophobic and transphobic. The fact that they don't have a rainbow colored thumb or the fact that they don't have a male thumb with painted fingernails and a, and a big flashy ring on there. I mean, I think that would that's, be the female thumb. You said the male thumb. Right, but I'm saying they're not representing the trans community in their in their uh, emojis. It's a very serious issue, and I think it needs to be addressed. Well, these are your tax dollars at work there at NPR because they did an in-depth study on this. And the first time I even knew that you could do anything differently, um, the mayor of Blue Springs, Carson Ross, who's a friend of mine, I noticed that when he sent me like emojis on a text or whatever, they were, they were dark brown. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. How did you get that? Yeah, I okay. do the uh, – I do the – the black emojis too sometimes. Do you really? Yeah, just for fun. Now, if I did that, would that make me racist? I don't know. Maybe. These are things that I need to know. I do the, uh, for our younger listeners, I do the the black hand. It's like, a, it's like a, a woman's hand painting her fingernails. I do that, but I do it the darkest shade of black that I can. Well, I send that to people. I shared what you put on the Dale Carter's America Facebook page on my own Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just want you to know that whenever I put up a yellow thumb, it's just what came with the deal. It has nothing to do with racism. And then I put a little face on there. I'm like, oh, my God, all the face emoticons are yellow, too. Right, right. I, I don't know what this says about well, me. Is that an overrepresentation of, of the Asian community? Or That could be. <laughs> that is something to ponder. And as you ponder that, we'll be back next week with another exciting episode of Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalec at kfkf.com. Thanks for listening. Check back every week for new episodes.